Hi, I'm Elizabeth and you're listening to the Cloud and Sec Learning Podcast. This was originally written by Andre Camillo. In this episode I'd like to talk about AWS Simple Storage Service, notes for the AWS Solutions Architect Associate Certification. Alright, so I'm going to follow a template to discuss the main services in AWS. The order of how I'm tackling these topics will follow this structure. 1. Define what the service is. 2. Why they exist. 3. How to use it. and 4. How to secure it. So what is AWS Simple Storage Service, also known as S3? A data storage service. It allows for customers to upload files to AWS data centers and manage them as objects, not as a data in a file system, which is the common way to do so in desktop and general on-premises infrastructure. And what are objects? By definition, objects are files and their metadata that describes the file. Managing files as objects makes it easy to implement attributes to objects and later down the line, to use code and tags attached to the data to maintain and automate actions with it. Okay, what kind of data is supported? Any kind of primitive data, such as spreadsheets, presentations, PDF, photos, images, static websites and a lot more. It is not meant to be used for databases, nor can it be used for operating. There are multiple use cases for S3 buckets, such as, analytics data log files application data videos and pictures backup and archival within built-in native API controls available to any data type uploaded to it, you can see how this service fits like a glove into the PaaS service model, also as a powerful tool for mature development teams and automated environments. AWS provides a good representation of S3 use cases and reasons for existing, Have a look at the written article for a good image on use cases for S3. So what are some of the features of S3? Classes. Different storage classes depending on the criticality of your data, you may store it in a very high performance and availability class, whilst less critical data, that is not accessed as frequently can be set up in cheaper and not as high performance tiers. The availability level of the data is affected by its class. Management. Due to its object-oriented nature, it is very flexible and developer-friendly, so applications can upload files via API calls, for example and admins can upload files through the UI as so they wish. Scalability. A big reason why enterprises use S3 is because it automatically scales up and down as required to keep serving the file you upload to it. Allows for unlimited storage space, pay as much as you need for all the space you require, analytics, Admins can gain insights on their data usage and how to optimize their storage choices, so the platform ends up allowing them to improve their costs. Now quickly onto S3 components. Data uploaded to S3 is placed in what's called buckets. They store objects. Bucket names are globally unique, and not just in your AWS tenant, but across all AWS infra. Meaning that every AWS customer share buckets namespaces. Every bucket you create must have a unique name in all AWS infrastructure. To access data in buckets, we must use URLs, remember that URL means unique resource locator, and is a value that locates unique assets on the web. There are a couple of URL styles to access buckets, namely, virtual hosted and the latter is being deprecated soon. A virtual hosted S3 URL looks like this, 
https colon slash slash bucket dash name dot s three dot region dot amazonaz.com slash key name at the end of the URL we have the resource we're looking for, which is also the object's key name. Let's have a look at the definition of key, a unique identifier for a file in a bucket. Version ID. When enabled, versioning adds a version ID to each object. It allows for file recovery and modification tracking. Metadata. More data about the data. Value. The data itself. Okay, now how does it work? According to AWS themselves, to store your data in Amazon S3, you first create a bucket and specify a bucket name and AWS region. Then, you upload your data to that bucket as objects in Amazon S3. A successful upload will return an HTTP 200 code, like any web-based, RESTful API call. Each object has a key, or key name, which is the unique identifier for the object within the bucket. S3 provides features that you can configure to support your specific use case. For example, you can use S3 versioning to keep multiple versions of an object in the same bucket, which allows you to restore objects that are accidentally deleted or overwritten. Buckets and the objects in them are private and can be accessed only if you explicitly grant access permissions. You can use bucket policies, AWS Identity and Access Management, IAM, policies, access control lists, ACLs, and S3 access points to manage access. Now, still under the how category, there are a few rules of engagement that apply to S3. Regarding classes and service tiers. The standard service tier is the default and is good for most use cases of storing data in these buckets. Remember we mentioned versioning before? If it is enabled, then all versions of the object can be retrieved, even deleted versions. A great backup tool. Once it's enabled, it cannot be disabled anymore, only suspended. The service can automatically takes care of moving the data to lower, cheaper, tier when the data is not utilized after a period of time. This is called lifecycle management and can be managed by admin. It allows to move from a more frequently accessed storage class to longer-term options, not the other way around. Something that will affect how you manage your objects in S3 is definitely your architecture design for its optimal performance. The service allows for multi-part uploads to achieve optimal performance when uploading files. This is recommended for files larger than 100 megabytes, as stated in the documentation. S3 supports files of any size up to 5 terabytes. When it comes to S3 data protection, there are different steps of security. On the back end, part of the AWS architecture, think of consistency model, strong read after write. This addresses the issue of eventual consistency. AWS Chief Evangelist Jeff Barr explains it. In a nutshell, after a call to an S3 API function such as put that stores or modifies data, there's a small time window where the data has been accepted and durably stored, but not yet visible to all getter list requests. 2. Applied before the data is put into AWS such as, server-side encryption, encryption key-based solution for object encryption after they're uploaded to AWS. Keys can be managed by AWS, simpler, or by customer, using a key management service, KMS, key. This can be enforced in bucket policies. Access control lists, ACL, a control that applies per individual file bucket lists. 
policies that apply to the entire bucket, so all files within it, abide to the bucket list's policy, by default, a bucket is private. Versioning also includes some important security capabilities. It allows the creation and enforcement of the use MFA before versions can be modified. By default, past versions cannot be accessed publicly despite any previous public access. The public access remains valid for the current version only. A deleted file is just a file with a new tag added to them, this new tag is called delete marker. Removing this tag from this old file, restores it to the bucket. 3. And also, protecting objects after they're placed in AWS. Data replication, formerly called cross-region replication, setting up multiple buckets with data replication is fundamental to achieve extra availability and meet some compliance goals. This can be done with a few caveats. Requires versioning to be enabled on both buckets, source and destination does not replicate files that were present in a bucket before it was enabled. This is the reason why best practice is to create new buckets and enable replication from the start, before any files are uploaded. Object delete markers are not replicated by default, requires a check. Compliance controls, thus abiding to any required compliance frameworks. In this case, we would be looking at mechanisms that allow customers to apply the WORM model. WORM stands for write once read many. Where once data is uploaded, written to a storage it will stay unchanged and it will not be deleted. S3 object locks and Glacier Vault lock are the controls that allow for the implementation of this model. S3 object lock helps meet regulatory requirements or to simply add another layer of protection against object changes and deletion. It can lock objects in two different ways, with a defined date to be unlocked, called retention period, or with no expiration date to unlock the, this is called legal hold. It allows for two modes of management, compliance mode, no user at all can delete objects, this includes even the root account. Governance mode, only users with special permissions can modify or delete objects. As for Glacier Vault Lock, in AWS own words, you can specify controls such as, write once read many, worm, in a vault lock policy and lock the policy from future edits. Once locked, the policy can no longer be changed. S3 Glacier enforces the controls set in the vault lock policy to help achieve your compliance objectives, for example, for data retention. In this section, we'll discuss the many storage classes that AWS offers as part of their S3 service. What kinds of storage classes are available, you may ask. To that end, I'll quote AWS next, from their webpage. Amazon S3 offers a range of storage classes designed for different use cases. These include S3 standard for general purpose storage of frequently accessed data, S3 intelligent tiering for data with unknown or changing access patterns, S3 standard infrequent access, S3 standard IA, and S3 one zone infrequent access, S3 one zone IA, for long-lived, but less frequently accessed data, and Amazon S3 Glacier, S3 Glacier, and Amazon S3 Glacier Deep Archive, S3 Glacier Deep Archive, for long-term archive and digital preservation. If you have data residency requirements that can't be met by an existing AWS region, you can use the S3 Outpost Storage class to store your S3 data on-premises. Amazon S3 also offers capabilities to manage your data throughout its lifecycle. Once an S3 lifecycle policy is set, 
your data will automatically transfer to a different storage class without any changes to your application. AWS offers several options of S3 services, they vary in their assured availability and durability. Let's have a look at the options. S3 standard, is the the default service, which is a good option for most use cases as mentioned before. This service is stored in at least three different availability zones. Infrequent access, or for storage of data that has infrequent retrieval, AWS offers the. They offer S3 standard infrequent access which is stored in at least three different availability zones. Then they offer S3 one zone IA, which is stored in, you guessed it, one availability zone, only, the data is still stored redundantly. Just a note, IA tiers incur in costs per gigabyte retrieved. There is also, the Glacier tiers. This is where archival is stored, meaning data stored for a very long time 7, 10 years, and data that is retrieved extremely rarely, a few times a year. There are two Glacier tiers, Glacier and Glacier Deep Archive. Just a note, Glacier tiers incur in costs per gigabyte retrieved. Finally, if you're unsure of how often your data will be accessed, and so, where you should store it, AWS offers a special service called S3 Intelligent Tiering. AWS moves data across the best S3 tier according to your data usage frequency. Handy. This is extremely powerful when combined with the versioning feature we mentioned before. A detailed chart comparing these services SLAs and features can be found in AWS documentation. You can see it below, but please refer to their documentation for comments and details on some sections. And before we finish off with S3, it's worth mentioning that this service has full support for management via AWS CLI. Once you set up your SSH access to your S3 tenant, using credentials that can use S3, you can start managing it, meaning you can create buckets, add files, delete files, check files metadata, delete buckets and more, all of this from AWS CLI commands. This helps us achieve IAC, infra as code, as well, and it will be central to providing security controls to it. Well, that's it for S3 in the certification studies. Make sure to review this content thoroughly before taking the exam. This includes the written version of this episode, link available in the description. Hopefully this is useful, let me know your thoughts. Check www.learncloudnsec.net for more content and medium.com slash andrecamillo, with double L, for more cloud and security articles. Thank you, talk to you again soon.